0: Coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri, this is the podcast for educators by educators. This is the Connected Learning Podcast, where we help educators connect with great ideas while pushing the limits of creativity and innovation. Welcome and thanks for spending your time with us. I am Glenn Barnes, your host for today's podcast. The Connected Learning podcast for the month of August are focused on the experiences of two young teachers. Tonight, we talked to Megan O'Brien and her experience of leading a journalism program within her first year of teaching. There was much to learn, some great opportunities for her students, but at the same time, she also was able to reflect on those experiences and bring about change as a result. We hope you enjoy the podcast and enjoy listening to Megan. This evening, we're joined by Megan O'Brien, who is a uh, Truman State University grad. Uh, she's entering her third year of teaching. Uh, she was a second grade teacher and reading intervention specialist at Pierre Laclede Elementary uh, in the St. Louis Public Schools. And she ran Academy Journalism, which will be uh, what we'll be discussing this, this evening. She currently is a fourth grade math teacher at Barrington Elementary in the Hazelwood School District here. In St. Louis. And one of the things that Megan really is focused on is encouraging students to reach for your dreams. And, and part of why we're having Megan on this evening is she was also a part of the um, Connected Learning uh, book release. And you are in the third volume with uh, her story, Extra Extra Journalism Helps Students Succeed. So good evening and welcome, Megan.
1: Thank you. It's good to be here.
0: Yeah. So, how did you get into education? What What made you want to become a teacher?
1: Yeah. So, there are a lot of reasons, honestly. Um, I grew up around a lot of teachers. My mom was a teacher. Um, my grandparents were teachers. So, several teachers in my life. I think I've just always loved working with people, being around people, talking to people. And I really like the idea that, you know, a good teacher can really positively influence so many students to do so many great things. And so that's just always something that I've been very passionate about.
0: That's awesome. And since this is your, your third year of teaching, what are some of the lessons that you've learned um, at these very early stages of teaching? So, with With all of those great supports around you and having an understanding of what uh, the life of an educator is like, how what have you learned in the process?
1: Um, well, I would like to make it very clear that I am definitely still learning, um, <laughs> but one of one of the biggest things is just have some love for yourself as you're doing it um, I think I started off my first year of teaching with this feeling of like, I have to do it all. I have to be perfect or these kids aren't going to learn anything. Um, And my mom was really great. She talked to me and she said, you know, every day that you show up and you do something with them, whatever it is, you know, you teach them something new, you listen to what they have to say, whatever, you are making their lives better. Um, And obviously, we want to throw some curriculum in there, you know, we want to get through our state standards and different things like that. But I think the biggest thing is just knowing that as long as you're going in, and really trying the best that you can, you are making a difference. And so just giving yourself the grace period to say, you know, it's okay, if this didn't go perfectly, it's okay, if I take this afternoon to just watch TV and I don't spend it working on school, my kids are still going to learn and they are still going to be fine.
0: Yeah, I think I think all of that is excellent advice. Um, I, I saw a question, what would you tell a first-year teacher and uh, the advice that you would give to them that you wish you knew. And um, definitely self-care is something that I wish I'd, i had understood more of and then um saying no to certain things being able to make sure that you have time for yourself and for the important things in life there there you're not going to get it all done and i think that's that's solid advice that you you gave to that so um any any other bits of advice you might uh, give to somebody who who's entering their first year that you wish you knew right off the bat?
1: Yeah. Um, another thing, I guess, is just the relationships that you form are the most important thing. Um, certainly, we all know that you want to form relationships with students, but your coworkers can quite literally save your life while you're working, especially if you've had a tough day. Um, having a good relationship with your principal, having a good relationship with you know, your building's support staff, whether that's the custodians or the secretaries or the cafeteria workers, um, just really portraying that positive, you know, I I want to be around you. I want to help you. I want to be in this school um, can go a long way to really making that experience a good one.
0: Absolutely. I, I learned early on that the School secretary is probably one of the most important, if not the most important person.
1: Oh, 100%. To- yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so this story that ended up in the third volume of the Connected Learning uh, book series, it, it, it is a story that goes back to you, I want to say your first year of teaching, uh-huh. right? And when you were at Pierre Lecléde Elementary, uh, which is located in north city of of St Louis, you were asked to help facilitate or lead this uh, elementary journalism club, so give us a little uh, inside uh, insight on what that was all about. why was that created
1: so um In the, you know, year before, a couple of years before I was hired at Pierre Laclede, they went through a huge rebranding effort. Um, They really wanted to be a little bit more than just your standard neighborhood school. Um, And so they decided that they were going to become very focused on the career aspect of learning. Um, You know, making sure that students were learning about careers, making sure that students were understanding that, like, You're at school to build your future. You're not just at school because it's a place that your parents say you have to go to. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I started, she was working with Chris King, who is the editor of the St. Louis American Newspaper. Mm -hmm. And she kind of mentioned it to me. I went up to tour my room over the summer and she was like, hey, you know, I'm going to have this program. Um, The idea is that the kids will get to meet some different kind of Business people, people who do different things around St. Louis, um, they'll interview them, they'll write stories about them, and they'll have the possibility of being published in the St. Louis American. Um, and so, obviously, I was like, that sounds so amazing. Uh, and so she said, you know, do you want to be in charge of it? And I said, sure, because when you're a first-year teacher, uh, you just feel like you want to say yes to everything, and everything is mm-hmm. exciting and new and crazy and whatever. Um And so the idea behind it was really just, let's go into the community, let's find some people who, you know, are successful in whatever field they're in, and let's show our kids that, hey, you might not, you know, want to be a lawyer, a doctor, one of the traditional fields, but here are these amazing things that you can do other than that.
0: Right. Right so the the student body at pierre lecleed uh it's entirely one hundred percent free and reduced lunch um, it is uh one hundred percent uh african american um, i would I would say uh, and i I could say this since I work in the district, I would say that there are not a lot of opportunities in the neighborhood uh, for students to see a lot of different uh, career opportunities, considering it's in a rather depressed section of town. And so one of the things that I, I saw as I was reading your story and, and knowing that context and um, seeing the relationship that Dr. White, uh, who is the principal, uh, formed between you and Chris King, is, is to help foster and, like you said, expose students to, to jobs and careers. But you also encountered some challenges along the way with this didn't you
1: oh so many yes
0: so what 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 were some of the challenges that you encountered I, uh, I, I know part of it is um, the students didn't feel like they had a voice necessarily initially
1: yeah so that really and of course it's one of those things that you learn when you're becoming a teacher is give students a voice ask them what they want to do you know this and that And then you get into the actual practice of teaching and you realize that in a lot of ways that tends to become unrealistic um, because of the standards that you're having to meet, because of the time constraints, because of all of the rules and all the regulations, there is very little opportunity for student voice. Um, So basically what we did with this program is we started like the second day of school. And they chose the students based on who they thought was a good enough writer that they would be able to keep up. I think stepping back, um, having a few weeks, and really trying to build student interest, um, talking to students about, hey, this is what we're going to do. Is that something that you want to be a part of? As opposed to just saying, you know what, you're a good writer. You're going to be in this program. Um, I think what we did is in October, so about a month and a half in, we sat down with the kids and we were like, you know, this isn't working. I was actually having to drag kids to the meetings. (laughs) So not literally, of course, but like just, I mean, it was very hard to get them to want to come. And it was such a cool program um, that it was really heartbreaking and so we sat down, we gave them a survey, and we talked about, you know, what what do you want to change? What are the things that you like? What are the things that you want to keep? And what are the things that you feel like just aren't working? And then we had a discussion about it, and they were mentioning things like, you know, we're missing an hour and a half, almost two hours of our day on Thursday, and it's when our classmates are... At lunch and recess and doing fun things
0: Uh and
1: I mean no kid wants to miss that and then we found out you know the presenters that we were bringing in they were not thrilled about um they mentioned that they would like to have snacks I mean I feel like even I'm 25 years old and if somebody tells me that there's going to be free food somewhere I'm probably going to go right Um, and so just having that conversation with them and saying you know this club is for you guys like we're here, we're doing this. We want to be here, but we're not the ones being impacted by this. Um, We made the time a little bit shorter so they weren't missing as much. Um, We definitely added snacks into the program and then we tried to gather some student input about presenters. So Mm -hmm. I remember there was one girl who was absolutely brilliant writer but she didn't like writing. She wanted to be a dancer. And mm-hmm. so we were actually able, through the connections that the various adults had, we were actually able to get a choreographer to come in and talk to the kids. Um, and so that was something that related to her on like a, this is what I want to do with my life level.
0: That's that, that's that's very powerful. And I, I think some of the things that you said in there really highlight um, – one of the things that sometimes we tend to forget, but it's it's vitally important um and that's that's meeting the most basic needs so talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs uh and then worry about bloom you know getting up to the higher higher levels of knowledge and knowledge attainment so um it's 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 gr- great advice i mean any way that you can lure students in, but then um, understanding their particular needs is so important
1: absolutely and I think just the interest level too I mean me sitting there in the classroom as their teacher I thought that all of the presenters were absolutely fascinating but Mm -hmm. looking back like we had a museum curator we had like a historian People who the adults were finding interesting, but just absolutely went right over the kids' heads.
0: Yeah, it's it's important to know your audience. I would even say for the presenters, I, I almost wonder how well they knew the audience and how to connect with them. But again, that, that speaks to the point of kind of what is so important about teachers is knowing the kids, knowing how to connect with them and uh, the efficacy of the kids to speak up and say, hey, I'm just – I'm just not getting it
1: right help, help.
0: Yeah. So what was what was the impact on the students over the long term? What what did you see as far as growth or other other things that came up?
1: Yeah. So from a teaching, purely educational perspective, um, their writing got so much better. I mean, at the beginning of the year. You know, we had them write their first story. And I think that the longest story we got was maybe like five sentences. I mean, they just they're it's not that they weren't good writers. It's that they mm-hmm. didn't have the strength and the stamina to really carry a story through. No. Um, and I mean, by the end of the year, I was having to get like stacks of loose leaf notebook paper because they were just writing pages and pages about these presenters. Um, so that was cool.
0: That's awesome.
1: And then just, I think, from an impact of showing them that people can be not what they always expect. um, Mm -hmm. I think one of the most powerful things, we actually had Tishara Jones, who is the treasurer of the city of St. Louis, come in and talk to the kids. And so she told them roughly how much money she's in charge of on an annual basis. And the looks on their faces when it clicked to them that, like, somebody who is that powerful, who is that important, who is in charge of that much, was going to take the time out of her day to come in and talk to them. And, like, wanted to be there and talk to them. I Mm -hmm. think it, it made them feel, not only did it show them, you know, you can be the treasurer of the city of St. Louis. or so you can be a choreographer or a baker, or a news anchor woman or whatever, but it showed them that the people who held those jobs thought that they were important enough to take the time to come talk to
0: And that's, that's so important. Um, I can't, I can't stress enough how important those, uh, partnerships are yes that that must have taken a lot of time and energy to facilitate that can you can you speak to that
1: so I'll be honest I was a little spoiled actually because I I think of the god I don't even know how many presenters we had but of them I was only responsible for like two (laughs) Which is kind of crazy, but it was really Chris, of course, being the editor of the St. Louis American has so many connections and he knows so many people. Um, And so he, he had a lot of it. And then we had um, Elisa Tomich who used to work for the St. Louis Mm -hmm. Post-Dispatch. And so she had several connections. We had Winnie Caldwell who her son is the driving force behind Books and Bros, which is actually, oh. um, like, a book club for young men. Yes. And so she had a lot of connections. Um, and so I really didn't have to do much, I'll be honest.
0: That, that's, that's a good problem to have. Yes, I, it I,
1: is. I, I... Well, and what I found out, though, honestly, is that people want to talk to kids. Um. Yeah. Many people who are successful look back on their childhoods and either look at the person who influenced them or wish that they had had someone to make it a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. And so honestly, for any teacher who wants to set up a program like this or just any kind of a community connection, there are so many people who are just like chomping at the bit. To do something like
0: this, yeah, I was I was going to ask as well. Um, what advice do you have for other schools that would consider are setting up a program like this? What do they need to know? What how, what are some of the, the 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 bones for structuring something like this?
1: Oh, for sure. So, well, first of all, we already talked about student voice. Um, that yes. is honestly the most powerful thing that you are going to do to make a program like this succeed because it is so eclectic and because, you know, you can, I mean, not I'm not trying to be mean, but you can definitely have some pretty boring people come and talk in your classroom. Yes. And once you do that a couple of times, it ruins it for the kids. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a trust thing. They don't think that they can trust you to find somebody who they're interested in. And so they no longer care. Um, so mm-hmm. student voice is huge. I think, Definitely picking people from within your community Um, because it's one thing to say, you know, oh, this is this person who is really famous but doesn't actually live here. It's another to be like, hey, you know where this person's shop is. It's right up the street from your house. Or like if you wanted to, you could drive there, you know.
0: Yeah, that that's so so important. Um, I'm I'm glad you mentioned to Shara Jones. I mean, she's a relatively younger uh, political figure here in St. Louis, and she is definitely uh, a figure that the kids at Pierre LeClede could connect with. She speaks yeah. she speaks the same language. She she connects with them on on a level that um, maybe another politician um, could not connect with. Uh, I think that's a really important point is being able to find the right people to connect with and, and relate to the students.
1: And that's, that's another thing that I want to talk. And obviously student voice trumps everything, but find people who look like your students, um, mm-hmm. especially if your students look like mine, they mm-hmm. are not used to seeing people in power who look like them. Um, yeah.
0: So, so for for reference, we're we're talking about uh, like I said, one hundred percent African American population at Pura But even at, even at Barrington, you you have a very uh, large uh, minority majority population there.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I think we're at Barrington. I think we're probably like ninety five or higher percent African American. But just even like people who are African American, people who didn't come from the best you know, home life, people who didn't start out rich, people who have had to overcome struggles. Mm -hmm. Um, That was something. So what we would do is we would let the presenter talk for a little bit and then we would just open the floor to questions and the kids could Mm -hmm. ask whatever they wanted. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of the things that they wanted to know were like, what were you like when you were my age? Mm -hmm. You know, like when when you were in school, when you – were in this situation, what was it like for you? Mm -hmm. And for so many, because we did have several presenters who came from very similar, I mean, we had one presenter who grew up in that area. And so just having the powerful thing of saying, you know what, look, I came from the place that you came from and I succeeded and so can you. I mean, there's nothing more powerful than that for a kid.
0: Absolutely, and the the positive images of individuals for uh, many of our students who live in, in neighborhoods like that is is a a great experience and something that uh, helps move them. Maintaining those relationships is is probably one of the tough things, but I'm sure some of your presenters may have followed up and stayed in contact with some of the kids that they built a connection with.
1: Yeah, so one of the absolute coolest things about the program, actually, is that, so Chief Sherman George was our first presenter. Um, <clears throat> he was the first African-American fire chief in the city of St. Louis, uh-huh. and just, like, one of the most delightful people I've ever met in my life. But yes,
0: and... For the record, I, I have known the George family for over 30 years as I went to school with his daughter, Kelly, many, many years ago. So I, I know Chief George very well.
1: Okay, that's cool.
0: So how, how, what, what's the story with Chief oh, George? No.
1: So he was our very first presenter. I mean, day one, like second day of the school year, When everything was chaos and everything, like, we were, we didn't know where we were having the meetings. We didn't know how many kids were going to be in the club. Like, just all this stuff. Chief George comes in, presents. First of all, the kids are absolutely enamored by this man. I mean, just asking so many questions. He's so cool. You know, he is, he relates to them on a level that I think so many people could learn from. And... Then he keeps coming back. So he asked Chris and myself, he was like, Hey, you know, I'm not doing a lot. Can I come to the club? And I mean, he, I think he missed like three meetings one time when he was on vacation. But other than that, he came to every single meeting. And so the kids saw that he was there. He was so helpful. But just having that, you know, very posit- positive male influence, but also yes. just having showing them that, like, hey, here's this cool guy that you learned about. And guess what? He is so invested in you that he's going to come back all year.
0: Yeah, Chief George is, is, is an amazing um, figure in St. Louis, in St. Louis history, I would say. Um, he is so and cool. I, he is, and, and I could speak to his um, his ability to connect with people. He is uh, just very calm and comforting, and um, now he has emerged into almost like this grandfather figure for many people. And so that that is that warms my heart, knowing that he was a part of that process. So how how did this um, process of leading this club help? Uh, you grow as an educator.
1: Yeah, I mean, in a million ways. Um, Again, learning just how important student voice was, I feel like I keep coming back to that, but I also feel like I need to keep coming back to that. Um, But I mentioned in the chapter, it really saved my first year of teaching. Um, There was so much, many districts, particularly larger districts, tend to focus on, a scripted or as close to a scripted as they can curriculum just because they feel that if you're reading from a script, then all the kids are getting the same information and that's a good thing and this is what we should do. Um, I have strong feelings about that, (laughs) but one of my biggest things was just I had to teach from a script. I had to teach from a program. I had to teach from a box, except Mm -hmm. for an hour and a half on Thursdays when, and I mean, I wasn't in front of the kids, you know, we had a presenter. I wasn't the one actively teaching, but just getting to work one-on-one, getting to have real conversations with them and getting to actually see what they were interested in, see, you know, where they were going and relate to them on a personal level was so cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So as as you as you move forward, is is this uh I, I know you're doing math that now, yes. but are 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 you considering doing something of this nature at at Barrington?
1: So going back to the lessons that I've learned as a young teacher. Um, I am kind of at the point at Barrington where I'm finally kind of getting to step back and be in a learning role Um, Mm -hmm. and really just being able to say, you know what, last year was my second year of teaching. This is my third year of teaching. Um, I really just want to focus in on how can I be the best possible teacher for these kids and how can I develop myself? as a teacher um Mm -hmm. and so in the current future it's not something that i'm looking at but Mm -hmm. i definitely see the journalism program or a similar program being something that i would like to think about down the line
0: yeah i i i can really appreciate your self-awareness and um it's as as you move through teaching, making sure that you still maintain that that fire and that passion is so important, um, which is part of the reason why I wanted to have you on here. And then there's uh, another uh, relatively young teacher that I wanted to have on as well to talk about kind of that that growth that um, being able to do these awesome things, but in the process. Uh, sometimes we burn our teachers out so fast so quick um, by doing things like this even though they may be really really awesome uh, but it comes at a detriment um, sometimes to ourselves or um, to the program that we're really trying to uh, promote
1: yes I agree
0: yeah all right Megan, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Um, if somebody wanted to ask more questions of you, they they could find you on Twitter. What where where can they find you on Twitter?
1: Um, yeah, so in a lot of places, actually. Um okay. my official teacher Twitter handle is at Ms. O'Brien14. So O'Brien is O B R I E N and then 14. Um, and I absolutely would love to do that. Also, they can email me at my Hazelwood account. You can just look that up on the Hazelwood website, but definitely, um, I, I mean, I would love to answer questions. I would love it if we could get programs like this started all around St. Louis.
0: Yeah. So what, what, what is one thing that you're going to try out this year that you haven't done in the past?
1: Um, well, I'm taking over student council. So that in and of itself is going to be a big adventure. But I think that something that I'm really going to try out is just having more opportunities for the students to work with each other. Um, Uh In that piece about student voice, I think that we often forget that a lot of students look at their teacher and they think that their teacher is just the be all to end all. And I mean, uh-huh. that's, that's kind of awesome, but at the same time, it's really not. And so I think that what we need for these students to realize is that they can learn as much from each other as they can from me. Um, and so just having a lot more chances for collaborative learning is so important.
0: That's, that's fantastic. You'll have to keep us up to date on how the year goes. And uh, I, I will be checking in with you and we'll uh, update listeners on how things are going. So
1: sounds good thank you for having me on it's always a pleasure
0: all right we'll see you Bye. bye thanks for joining us for this podcast be sure to check out the connected learning website for upcoming events and opportunities to learn and connect with us see you next time